Good morning, my friends, and welcome to a Cup of Joe podcast, another one. On this uh, Monday, November the 2nd, it is the Feast of All Souls today, uh, and that's a pretty major feast day, and we're going to talk about what that is and what that is not uh, here in a moment, but just know because it is a, a feast day, a, a major feast day within the life of the church. We uh, go off of our normal sequence. So we're going outside of Luke chapter 14 today, and we are going to go to the gospel of John chapter 6, verses 37 to 40 today. So if you would like to read along with, feel free, John 6, 37 to 40. Let's uh, see what God has for us in the word today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to the crowds, Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and I will not reject anyone who comes to me, because I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him on the last day. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That is so good, isn't it? I I just... um, I had the chance to proclaim this Gospel on Saturday. Uh, at a funeral, um, and uh, it was Sherry Stephan for Ethel, and uh, it's just so beautiful because, again, what it talks about, brothers and sisters, it, it, John 6, so you know this is in Jesus' uh, Bread of Life discourse, I mean, that John chapter 6, holy smoke, um, but Jesus says in this gospel, listen, I come now from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. I'm here to do God's will. And then in two sentences, back to back, he tells us what that will is. If you've ever wondered what the will of God is, Jesus says it very plainly in John chapter six. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it on the last day. And in case we didn't get it in that sentence, the very next sentence, he repeats it. That's how important this is. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him on the last day. The will of God is that we have eternal life, that we live in the kingdom. The will of God is resurrection. The will of God is life. It is life. It is not death. It is not destruction, it is life. And again, as I said uh, at uh, Ethel's funeral, there's only one place that gives life, right? There's only, there's only one from whom life comes. We, we look for it in a thousand different places, and it has so many different faces and names. But there's only one who is life giver, and that is God. And, and that is the one uh, to whom we must go for life. So... What does this have to do with the Feast of All Souls? So, brothers and sisters, I'm going to talk about things which are beyond me, which I am grasping for, 
which I think I have a good understanding. At least I think I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell you weird, crazy, goofy stuff. I think I'm rooted firmly within the church, but there's a lot of conjecture on my part here in, in thought and prayer. And if you disagree with me, oh, would welcome that conversation because I know I do not have the last word on truth here. I know that. And so I want to go in here with humility uh, because we're going to talk about this idea of purgatory. Because, brothers and sisters, today is the Feast of All Souls. Yesterday, we celebrated the Feast of All Saints. Those are the ones who are in the kingdom of God, celebrating the fullness of God right now, in this moment. Um, and those are the ones, brothers and sisters, not just the canonized saints, not just, uh, you know, Mary, our mother, not just St. Joseph, my namesake, uh, not just the canonized saints that we think of Peter and Paul, whatever. It is, it is, uh, yes, it is those, but it is more than those. It is those loved ones who we just looked at and say, my goodness, I want to emulate them because they seem... They just have that essence of holiness. Let me use an example. Father Ron Smith passed away two weeks ago. Oh my gosh. If anybody, if you ever had a chance to talk with Father Ron Smith, there was an essence of holiness about him. Uh, In my mind, I'm convinced uh, Father Ron Smith is in the kingdom of God. He is one of the saints right now. I mean, praise God for that. Now, again, we're talking about something outside of time, and all of this is beyond our converse, our, 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 how, our cognition. It, it's just beyond my thought. They're, they're outside of time, and so it's not like, okay, you know, Father Ron spent two weeks in, in this purgation period, and now he's in the kingdom. Well, no, he's outside of time, and that, who knows? This this purging, this purification, it can happen in an instant a, 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 or, or a thousand years or as a day, as, as scripture tells us, and a day is a thousand years for God because he's living outside of time. So if that didn't confuse you enough, let's, let's move forward. So, okay, that was yesterday. That was all saints. So all souls, what do we celebrate today? We celebrate, and I know I talked a bit about purgatory, that purgation idea, uh, a few weeks ago. I hope to talk a little bit more about it today. Uh, we celebrate those people who are in that process of purification now. Those are the ones we celebrate. And really, brothers and sisters, that number is legion. Because you know what? Every one of us, as I've said before, are filled with wheat and weeds. And, and only the wheat can enter the kingdom, right? We have to be purified of those weeds within us. And, uh, and that's going to take some purification in this life and or the next. So we, we pray for those who are going through this process. You know, the church has traditionally used this language and said, there are three churches. The church militant, which is us here on earth, uh, who uh, uh, continue to be in the battle and continue to preach the word of Jesus Christ and with God's work and the work of the Holy Spirit, we participate in helping establish the kingdom of God here and now. It is an active fight. That's the church militant. There's the church triumphant. Those are the saints of which I just spoke. Uh, Those who are in the kingdom of God right now, having already gone through, as we celebrated yesterday in the book of Revelation, uh, the blood of the lamb. They They have washed themselves clean in the blood and they are wearing the white garment, the church triumphant. Well, then there is the church penitent, or sometimes called the church suffering. Uh, Both are are appropriate and both used for the same thing. It's those who are 
uh, in the process, in that process. They're not in the church militant. They are not of this world. They are not yet in the kingdom, in the church triumphant, but they are in that middle space uh, of, of suffering, of purging, of purification, um, and before one enters the kingdom. So what does that look like? Where does that come from? Is this scriptural? Is this just a Catholic oddity, weird Somebody along the way thought, ah, you know, again, it's that, uh, you know, you're not bad enough to go to hell. You're not good enough to get to heaven. Go sit in the corner for, you know, uh, a, a century, a millennium. Go swim in that lake of fire over there for a while. And, and when God thinks you're, you know, punished enough, you come into the kingdom. Throw that idea of purgatory out because that's not it. That's not it. And I don't want to talk about cheap grace here either. Oh, everybody gets in. Don't worry about what you do here because God is that merciful. Well, let me tell you, God is that merciful. God is that merciful. But, brothers and sisters, the wedding garment, we don't get into the wedding without a wedding garment on. Meaning, I don't go to my own wedding because that's the point of the wedding garment. We have to say, I do to Christ. And in order to say, I do to Christ, we have to say, I do not to me. Meaning, I am not about me. I am about Christ. I want to be married there. And, and I can only be married there when I have put myself off to the side. And I have filled myself with Christ. And if anything less, if I am anything less than filled, full of Christ, that has to come out of me before I can fully say yes, before I can enter into that wedding, before I can enter into that space. That is what we're talking about. That is it. So people could say, oh, Joe, you still, you're, you're talking about cheap grace. Anybody gets into the kingdom, it doesn't matter what we do here on earth today. You know, no, here's the deal. Here's why. I do think God's grace is that good. I do think we are offered mercy in the next life as well. I don't think our death cuts off that mercy. And here's why. Now, again, this is where you may say, Joe, you're teetering on church teaching. I think I'm correct on church teaching, but here's where it comes from. In Maccabees, uh, scripturally, it says it is a holy and good thing to pray for the dead. Well, if the if the dead are in the, in hell... There's no reason to pray for them. If they're in the kingdom of God, uh, there's no reason to pray for them. <laughs> they're the ones praying for us. Uh, we only pray for them if there's this middle space. But also Jesus in the Gospels talks about the unforgivable sin, uh, the sin against the Holy Spirit. Uh, and there's lots of conversation of what that means. But he says that sin, and, and using my own words, but you can go look this up too, that sin will not be forgiven in this world or the next. It will not be forgiven in this world or the next, which presumes that there is forgiveness that happens in the next world. Now, what do I mean when I talk about this? Um, I mean that that same God of mercy who invites us, who calls us, doesn't stop being God on our death. That same God of mercy still invites us and calls us. But to the extent, brothers and sisters, that you and I do not pay attention to him here, that, uh, that we are the center of our being and our own selfishness, our own attitudes, our own desires, our own, it's all about me, 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 me. To the extent that we do that, those roots of sin, which is ultimately me, remember? The essence of sin is, it is my kingdom, not God's. The essence of that sin, those roots become deep and deeper and deeper within me. 
And those roots, my friends, have to be pulled out before we enter the kingdom of God, whether it is in this world or in the next, in our process of purification. And, and, and to the extent that we simply allow them uh, to grow within us, we risk our own peril. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, again, in my conjecture, we risk our own peril that those roots would block out my yes to God in this life and the next. Now, here's my hope. My hope is anyone who sees uh, the light of God, the love of God, the mercy of God in a much more clear way beyond this veil that we, we carry with us now would have the strength and the desire to, to say yes and move in that direction, regardless of what pain that is going to cost. And yes, brothers and sisters, it, would, it will, it will uh, carry with it pain. It will feel like a lake of fire. It will feel like that, like gold being refined in fire because those roots go so deep and must be pulled out. It's not because God wants to punish us. It's because we have made choices but uh, we will have, I, I, again, Zank conjecture, uh, choice in, in, on the other side of life to follow uh, that light and to move toward it and say yes to God even then. But there are repercussions to, to what that looks like. And that is this process of purification. I, I mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, mentioned the book uh, The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Um, a few weeks back. It is a short book. If you've never read it, pick it up sometime. I want to say it's 100, 100 and a quarter pages in that ballpark. Haven't read it for a long time. So um, probably 10, 15 years. So I'm going to give a kind of a, a, a synopsis or at least an idea of what it's talking about. Because I love this image because it, this is where a lot of my ponderance comes from. It's C.S. Lewis's thought of the afterlife. And, and essentially what it is is Upon death, people take this bus ride, if memory serves me, into this middle space, this space of, of uh, purification, this purgatorial uh, meeting ground. And they get out of the bus, and the, the ground, you know, it's grassy or whatever, but it feels like you're walking on, the grass doesn't move, it doesn't bend, it's not soft like it is here. It, it's like, it's glass, and it's sharp. And, um, and uh, we are met in this space, in this space that is creating pain, by someone we knew in our existence. If memory serves, again, some of those are loved ones uh, that invite us on this journey toward this mountaintop, toward this destination, a long way away. And some of them are people with whom we uh, it did not have a good, pleasant experience on this world. And immediately we're thrown into that, what does forgiveness look like? Why do I want to go with them somewhere where I didn't trust them in this world, that I got I to gotta walk with them to this journey? And, and they're companions with us on that purgatorial journey, on that journey of purification. And they tell them, don't worry about this. Yes, it hurts. It, it, it's, it's pain, and, and there's going to be more coming, but it will lessen each step we take toward this new place. And again, I think that's his allegorical uh, idea where he's saying that, that we need to, as we walk toward the kingdom and shed more and more of these things that are within us, all these things, these habits, idea, attitudes, 
whatever it is that we need to let go of, um, the closer we walk toward that kingdom, the more, um, the easier it will get. Uh, and, and people even have a choice in this, in this uh, space of Lewis's in this book to get back on the bus and not go with their companion or to move and go with their companion. And some do and some don't. And if they get back on that bus, that bus takes them further and further away from that space into nothingness, basically, into this place where they are all alone. And it is just them. They're away from God. They're away from others. I mean, essentially, probably away from themselves. And that is the, the uh, way that Lewis sets up this idea of hell, um, that it is only us in our smallness. Uh, now, again, he doesn't use these words that I just used, um, but, uh, but th- those, are, those are my thoughts in, in what I believe he's telling us. So, again, long story. I've babbled too long, and I'm going to stop. But, but this theory or this, this idea of purgatory, brothers and sisters, I think is one of such beauty and mercy. And I'm so grateful to the church for it because it invites us, even in the kingdom, that if we die, and, and you know loved ones who have died who aren't perfect, who, and we're not, none of us are, none of us, even upon death, that there's, there's still those areas within us that need to be purged and purified, that God, in God's great mercy, invites ways for that to happen. And it's beyond the imagination of C.S. Lewis, certainly beyond the imagination of Joe Zink. But somehow, we are invited into that purification process. And I suspect somehow... And again, I'm, I'm hoping that, that when we see God in God's glory, who would say no to that? But again, we need to say yes. But it's going to entail, uh, it's going to entail suffering, the church penitent, the church suffering, uh, as they move toward that. And we pray that they continue to say yes to God and continue to move in that space toward the light, toward that fullness of the kingdom, ultimately. <clears throat> toward the church triumphant, where all is purged. And so, brothers and sisters, that, that purification starts now. Of course it does. Of course it does. Um, and, uh, and it continues, I, I trust and hope and believe, in that purgatorial afterlife. And that is why, brothers and sisters, we pray. We pray for those in purgatory, for all souls, uh, those who die today, uh, those who have died yesterday, those who who will die tomorrow. We pray for them in this journey uh, of yes toward God. Ah, I talked a long time, but it's so wonderful. Uh, The Feast of All Souls. And so let's pray for them. Let's pray for them in the rosary today. And let let that be our intention today as we uh, come before our God and our Blessed Mother, okay? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The uh, first joyful mystery is the... Uh, I was going to say the visitation. It's the, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's, why, oh, this is this is too early in the morning for me to do this. It's when the angel Gabriel <laughs> comes to Mary uh, and uh, invites her to say yes uh, to the uh, plan of God. Uh, the Annunciation, there it is. <laughs> it was just around the corner of my memory. And then, uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, I went on a long time today. If you are still with me, bless you. Uh, Blessings on the rest of your Monday, and I look forward to us being back together again tomorrow.